Welcome to Street Smart Success, where real estate entrepreneurs share their backgrounds, experience, and lessons learned. This is Roger Becker, your host. Learn with me as I drill down with guests about their paths to success and what they're doing now. So today we have with us a dyed-in-the-wool entrepreneur who's done many interesting things in his career. He of late has been, I want to say, revolutionizing how you do property management in in an efficient, thorough way uh, via technology. And so is providing incredible value and product to people that are managing apartment buildings all over the country. Uh, He is the founder and CEO of Leonardo. 247. He is Daniel Cunningham. Daniel, welcome to Street Smart Success. Wow. Do you have, where's the applause button? <laughs> I was expecting a little, little sound effect. I, I, I thought with that I intro. Didn't, didn't, didn't we agree beforehand that the, you had the, you had the applause button? You do it in post. <laughs> okay. Fine. We're going to do it in post. So, uh, so Daniel, you and I are, are both, uh, you know, Golden State uh, residents currently of, you know, California for, for those listeners that don't know what the Golden State is. Uh, but my question is this, uh, where, where do you, I think you went to school in Arizona, but correct me if I'm wrong. Where, where do you hail from originally? Are you a native Californian or are you from somewhere else? No, I can't. I can't claim to be a native. My wife can. I I am actually uh, an Iowan. And for those of you who don't know, it's a state somewhere near the middle of the country. Um, near it, nearest. Sort of, <laughs> yes. Uh, near Illinois, uh, Nebraska, it's sort of in that area. We don't, it's not, it's not where they grow potatoes. Uh, so, and you don't, you know, you just don't bump into too many Iowans out here in California. We tend to really be quite fond of our, of our home state. Uh, so no, I, I grew up a, I grew up a Hawkeye, but I did go to school at the University of Arizona where I studied uh, civil engineering and uh, which I hated. Actually, I, I couldn't stand the sort of the stifling rigor around what it takes to be an engineer. It is in many ways, it, it, there's very little creative process in there. I probably would have been better suited at that point looking at architecture or something like that, which sort of taps more into the, the creative skills of, of folks that study that. But um, so I, I immediately out of college, I, I tried to, to the extent I needed to leverage my degree, but do something different. I started out my career in heavy industrial construction where they often use engineers to run their project management side. So, so I was a project manager early in my career working for a construction company, went on to work for Universal Studios running uh, construction for the studio backlot and eventually wound my way. When you said a dyed in the wool entrepreneur, uh, company number one was this crazy idea in the mid nineties that people were going to buy music over the internet and MP3s had just been invented. <laughs> WMAs had just been invented. And, um, I started a, a company, uh, an internet startup that was intended to, uh, give independent artists a chance to sell their music over the internet uh, way too early, way, like way too early. Um, but the internet, you know, the market crash took care of any aspirations we had there of, of growing that business. But later on, so then I, I sort of switched careers. I got into asset management and I, I worked for AIMCO, uh, which was the largest 
at the time, the largest multifamily REIT in the country. And I, I worked my way up to being director of, of asset management for AIMCO. And it was that in, it was the, in that capacity, sort of the seeds of Leonardo 24 seven were born, but immediately I, I, there was another company that came out of that called at the time it was called living homes. It's now known as plant prefab. It was the first ecologically centric multi, well, well now it is, but, but prefab home builder. So we were building homes that were, had a very modern sort of aesthetic to them, but, but were built in sustainable fashion. And now, and now plant prefab has, was one of the first companies to get an investment from the Alexa fund. They just raised another 54 million. So I, I, I still have a, a piece of that company, but we started that company just before the housing crash in 2008. So bad timing again on my part. And that sort of leads, but the, but the seeds at AIMCO were planted. And then I, I, I returned after, after living homes to a developer and operator here in Los Angeles that asked me to start a property management company for them. And it was in that capacity that I really sort of was thrown into the trenches of what it's like to be a property manager. As an asset manager, we think we know what property managers are like. We have no idea uh, until you're actually out there in the field and starting a property management company, which was the worst year of my life, most difficult year professionally, is when I came to, to, to understand that, and this is, um, this is 2009, 2010, is when I really came to understand that the, one of the key challenges in the multifamily industry is that you have these, you know, two, $300 million assets at times that are being, being running by folks that make, you know, 20 to $40 an hour. And you expect them to understand, to be experts in all of these things, you know, preventive maintenance and real estate law and risk management and marketing and leasing. And they're not experts in all of those things. They don't know it all. They can't, certainly can't remember it all. And, and yet the industry is really relying on them and, and trying to train them up. There was, you know, all of this focus on training, but the business has a 50% plus turnover rate. So even if you have somebody who's you know, well-trained, well-educated, is on board with doing all this other stuff. They, um, in 18 months, they're more likely they're gone and you've got to, you're back to square one. So the challenge that I ran into was how do we preserve institutional knowledge and how do we operate these assets in a way that I can be insulated from turnover, that I can be insulated from maybe folks that, that I hire that don't have great training or, or experience. And that idea was, well, let's shift the burden. Let's not expect the, the people to know it all coming onto the, into the property. Let's, we'll create an app that uh, has built into it the best practices in operating multifamily buildings from preventive maintenance and inspections and risk management and, and um, you know, just day-to-day tasks that need to happen every day or maybe just once a month or maybe just once a year. But uh, based on a property's profile, amenity, equipment, geographic location, let's generate a year's worth of guidance for these people to make their lives easier and give them the right form and the right inspection, the right process at the right time, which, which they can, you know, cu- companies can customize, but at least come out of the box with these best practices that then all you have to do is ask the teams on site to execute and, and deliver real time visibility to owners and investors in those properties that the critical items that are important to asset preservation are happening at the property. This is, this is to say this is different than like what the PMS systems do, which are really like accounting focused and resident focused. That it was, that was, I think, 
pretty much settled science at the time. It's all, it's all gotten better since we started Leo, but, but managing that part of business had been um, sort of the first things that got addressed in multifamily. This idea of the operation side, the man, the maintenance side was really um, on pen and paper until, I mean, it still is for some of the clients that, that, that we onboard, they're still working off of clipboards or, or best Excel, but that's, that's changing now. I think it took a while for us to gain some traction and explain to people what it was doing, what it was we were doing, like automating all these processes, but it's taken hold uh, in a big way. And I think people are starting to realize that it's, um, there's far too much risk involved to operate properties based on keeping your fingers crossed. Okay. So one simple question, which, you know, no one asks, and then I'm going to take, I'm going to take us back and then I'm going to bring us to current. Where, where are you from in Iowa? The very southeast corner of Iowa, nearly the Missouri-Illinois border. It's called Burlington, Iowa. Okay, is that like Quad Cities? No, that's something different. No, south of there, but they were in our conference. Okay. We, 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 they were in our, our athletic conference, so we would, I, I, you know, I played football in high school, and we, we took many bus trips up to the Quad Cities to play those folks. But no, Burlington is, uh, look, at 20,000 people at the time, maybe it was 23,000 I grew up there. It was the eighth largest city wow. in Iowa. So not, not inconsequential to Iowans, but, the, you know, just a blip for the rest of the country. But yeah, great place to grow up. Unfortunately, I think Iowa's having a lot of issues these days. It's not, not as great a place to grow up with, you know... Well, we don't need to go into that, but uh, it, it, it's a different place now than it was then. But it was the classic, you you were kicked out of your homes until the streetlights come on, drinking out of the hose, like nobody knows where you are, <laughs> kind of, and, and, and you're perfectly safe doing that. The kids are all right back there for sure. Got it. Hey, Street Smart listeners, I'd like to introduce a great partner for you. As you know, insurance is one of the biggest expenses on the P&L. That's why I'm recommending Assured Partners. Assured Partners helps you lower risk and therefore can save you tons of money down the road. They insure over 2 million market rate and affordable units and are the sixth largest insurance property broker in the U.S. If you want a roll-your-sleeves-up partner that blankets you with service, give Robert Band, vice president, a call. Robert thinks like a CFO because he was a CFO for many years. Give Robert a call now at 305-467-5909. You'll be glad you did. And of course, now I have to ask, what position in football? I played played defensive end. Okay, it was just the Super Bowl yesterday, so it's not the worst, worst crazy question. Okay, so you have this phenomenal technology. You've basically aggregated and you've kind of created a paint by numbers for people to manage these properties. Yeah, that's fair. So, you know, if there's like a, let's just say a hundred unit property, typically you have a maintenance person and you have uh, somebody in charge of leasing. So I'm wondering like where the rubber meets the road, who uses the technology on a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week basis in in the food chain at these properties? Like you said, this isn't an asset management function. This is really a property management function. And do people embrace it? Because just because the this is not intended to be devil's advocate, but just because the technology exists doesn't mean people utilize it for, you know, a you know, hundred different reasons. Well, let, let's start with a sort of the ecosystem of, of users. And I think what's, 
you know, maybe unique about Leo is that, that almost everybody has something to do in Leo should our clients choose to use it that broadly. And that, that starts with, I think most commonly the service technicians and service managers, but you know, so they're getting preventive maintenance, they're getting inspections, but property managers are getting, you know, important tasks that they, they need to accomplish. There's reporting, there's month end accounting direction that's given through Leo. There's going out and, and capturing, you know, for those that are still doing comps, manually going out and capturing the comps and gathering that, like those things, a lot of those things are triggered within Leo. Um, regional property managers are, I think, probably frequent visitors, maybe daily, looking at the, you know, there's a dashboard where they can look and see all across their entire portfolio, red, yellow, green, who's doing great, who's having problems, who's definitely, they need to to intercede. And, and by the way, real quick, that's part of the magic of Leo is it really for, for regional property managers, it really changes the dynamic for them because rather than constantly checking in, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? They look in Leo. We, we've got them covered on the minutia. They, they only get involved when they see they've got a problem. They can get very focused on the problems assets. And then the rest of the time they can maintain their focus where they add the most value, in my opinion, which is adding revenue. I think about marketing and that sort of thing, um, leasing. So you have regional property managers. And then at the corporate level, you have accounting teams that are in Leo. They're receiving leasing reports. They're receiving accrual accounting through Leo. The uh, senior executives are monitoring compliance with risk management policies and procedures. You have folks that receive reports automatically through Leo. Like if there's an instant report, somebody has a slip and fall and that is executed, that, that, that instant report is captured in Leo at the site level with photos and signatures of witnesses and, you know, whatever the case may be. And then that, that can go through a workflow where it automatically gets dispersed to risk managers or insurance company companies. So there's, there's a lot of people that end up getting involved in Leo. Um, it, it, but because it is so broad, admittedly, it's not something that you can just sort of take lightly when you implement. It's not like, Oh, it's a new inspection tool. We're going to use this once a year, uh, log in this inspection tool. Leo really represents a change in the way that you do business. If you're going to create the kinds of efficiencies that come through automating all of this and removing like all of this daily noise between regional property managers and community managers and trying to, you know, uh, just consult the big binder on the wall. Like, what am I supposed to be doing today? What's the process? If you want to remove all that noise and automate that, uh, you have to commit to that across the organization. You can't just have part of, the, you know, two or three properties doing it and everybody else doing something else because it's more work ultimately for everybody. So to get adoption, number one, you generally has to be a senior level commitment to change the way they do business. This is not a, hey, a guy on site is using this tool, really loves it, and it bubbles up from there. And there are a number of, how can I say this politely? Great managers, people that care deeply about their business and have pride in what they do, are anxious to have Leo in place because it makes them more efficient and it, it gets a chance for them to sort of display all of the things that they really do. If you've, if you've ever been in property management, and, and an owner, you've never heard an owner say or heard that an owner said to somebody else, like, why do we have so many people? on? Why do we need all these people on site? What are we doing? What are people ever doing every day? The, the, the disconnect between what it takes to run an, a property and what, what sometimes owners think it takes to run a property is, can be a massive chasm. So through Leo, you're documenting all of these things that 
owners have taken for granted happens all the time. Walking the property every day, looking for, you know, checking the model, looking for trip hazards, looking to make sure that, you know, tree branches aren't touching the the roof so you don't have rats and things getting onto it. I mean, there's a lot of minutia that happens. I'm just thinking of some <laughs> random things, but um, that, that owners and even sometimes regional managers don't really have an appreciation for. All of that gets captured and exposed to Leo. So um, great managers love this. It makes their lives easier. Bad managers kind of, you know, they kind of like to be left alone. They don't, they really don't like the idea that they're going to be held accountable for the things that the commitments that are made between operators and whoever owns a property that we're going to do certain things. We're going to be a good steward of the asset. And that doesn't always actually play out on site. Not always through malice, although sometimes through negligence, sometimes just people don't know what to do. And, and, uh, when you have Leo in place, there's no hiding who's, you know, who's doing a good job and who's not doing a good job. Um, I, I, again, I, I argue it's the opportunity to get people trained on what they need to do and make them better operators. When you see that they're, you know, in Leo, they're not, they're not doing the preventive maintenance, not doing the fire inspections and those sorts of things. But if you're a bad operator and you, and you don't care for the property that you're, that you're assigned to, it'll show up. You'll see up. Random question, uh, and it's not going to be about your high school football. I promise. Uh, I, that's fun. <laughs> I, I was had a lot of fun doing that. I'm, I'd be happy to talk about those days. Well, maybe after our show. Uh, and this is a question you may not want to answer, and if you don't, I fully respect it. But I was just curious, just hearing you talk. It sounds like it's a heck of a you know a development process to create this. And so, what 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 do you have in the development? What it cost you to, to develop this app? Wow, uh, I mean, over the so we technically technically started the business in 2011. So the, for the first three or four years, it was really I was running a management company. So the management company I started for for the company here in LA, uh, I, I bought that management company from them and started running it on my own, so that I could really kind of eat my own dog food on this. So for the first three four years, we really were testing out this app. I, I, what I'm, I'm building towards is the, the length of time that's been in, into development. And then in 2014, we sort of unveiled the very first version of this. And then to great acclaim, like had a lot of large operators who were like, this is exactly what we need. So then we raised a bit of money from a high net worth individual in 2016 to actually um, start funding some proper development. So I would say in the first five years of life, we probably spent maybe half a million dollars on bootstrap development. And since 2016, you know, we, we must be closing in on gee, seven, $8 million worth of, of development, I would say probably. Yeah, so you got, you got some investment in this thing. I, I would just, I don't know a lot about development, which is an understatement, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking this guy's got to have 5 million into this thing. Um, so I wasn't too far up. Yeah. So what is, so then what is the typical client? So you've got, you know, you have, you know, you've got syndicators that maybe own, you know, 4,000, 5,000 units of maybe 15 properties. Are they the, what, what is the most common client or, or do you have guys that do in-house management? You know, they own a portfolio like that. They do it all in-house. What's kind of the wheelhouse? The actual client portfolio is about split even nearly between owner and operators and third-party operators. However, it is, it's easier for, I think, owner operators 
to get on board with, with the value proposition behind Leo because all of the accretive value goes to them. The efficiencies, the reduction in risk, um, those things accrue to the owners, uh, you know, at the end of the day. Third party operators don't enjoy the benefits of that. The owner, fewer claims, they're indemnified against, th- this is where there's misalignment, by the way, in the industry is third party operators are indemnified generally against gross negligence, not just negligence, gross negligence. They can accidentally do things that cost the owners millions of dollars. They can accidentally forget to do a fire inspection uh, that that fails to pick up a fire sprinkler that's not working that then results in the loss of an entire building and they're not ne- they're, they are they are not liable for that you have to prove prove gross negligence so as a result there's very little incentive for third party operators to do a good job on th- these things except for the desire for them to be the very best operators that they can and to have a great reputation and to you know have get referrals from clients but they don't all operate under that assumption. And so what does appeal to third-party operators universally is that they know that they are making assertions about their capabilities and their attention to preventative maintenance and inspections and these sorts of things. And uh, our dirty little secret is many of them, those that are on paper or relying on the people on site to just remember to do this stuff, dirty little secret is they know that's not happening. And what keeps them up at night is the owners finding out them getting fired. And we instantly add bulletproof operations to third-party operators. So they fulfill the promises they make to their clients when they say, we're going to be a great steward of this asset. But then we also greatly improve the efficiencies of their regional management stack. And that is meaningful to third-party operators because that's, that's their overhead. Property managers, zoners overhead, regionals and regional maintenance people, that's third-party manager overhead, the corporate people. So the extent that we can make those folks more productive to allow them to spend time where it makes has the greatest impact, that's tremendous value to the third-party operators. If they, if they get off of clipboards and off of Excel spreadsheets and do their inspections in Leo, which is faster for them, their property managers can do more with less. And that means that means that they might be able to, um, to have less oversight for those folks. Uh, so that's really what motivates the third party management companies. And there, uh, that's not, to, there are some very, uh, we have some great third party opera. I mean, uh, Graystar and, and Zudo has a third party and there's a small operator ion, uh, that's out of the Northeast. Like these are, these operators are rock stars. They really care about their reputation and the quality that they provide. And they're huge Leo enthusiasts as a result. Do you still own your property management company? No, I sold that um, in 2019. I I didn't actually run that company for really since 2000 16 when we, when we uh, got the investment in the company, uh, in Leo 24 seven. And, uh, it was, it was very difficult to keep the, the wheels on that when I wasn't paying attention to it. Um, and it wasn't my priority anymore. The, the software company was, so I hired a number of people to run the management company, but I think one of the lessons that, that you learned through that is when you're not at scale, you know, when you're smaller boutique management company, 
there's a lot of effort and a lot of oversight has to go into that. If the folks that are at the top of that food chain are not totally vested, it's very hard to provide quality service. Yeah, I, that makes sense. What would you say is the greatest value of the software is like where the road, where the, where the rubber meets the road. Is it maintenance efficiency? Is it on the leasing side or is it just, it depends on, you know, the client. I mean, where, where do they really see, wow, this is concrete, you know, connecting the dots value. It, it, it does depend on the client. I would say, um, there is, there is, great uh, variety in what our clients, the problems that our clients are trying to solve first. Almost everybody comes to Leo comes with a major pain point that they're trying to solve. And then they're delighted to find out they can solve all these other things through Leo. By the way, this is one of the things that really differentiates us between other folks that are sometimes, you know, spoken uh, in the same breath as Leo is uh, the, the, the breadth of things that we can do to solve problems. Now that said, if there is an overarching motivator, it is probably a reduction in risk of some sort. So a number of clients have had uh, major losses. I, I would just give you a few examples. We've kids who drowned in pools because gates weren't locked, children that were crushed by parking gates because the gates weren't maintained, fires that uh, burned it down an entire building because of, and, and, and insurance didn't cover the claim because they hadn't done their fire inspections. Um, so there's, there's oftentimes, there have been a number of clients who have had an event like that, which forces them to, to re-examine the risk at which they are at in operating these properties and, and, and spurns them into uh, immediate action. Maintenance, I think, or inspections sometimes, just a need to do kind of regular inspections. They need to get off of paper. They need to get off of Excel. They want to derive data and results and insights from their inspections. They don't want to just produce an inspection and be like, okay, that's done, check the box. But they want to say, you know, they want to do the unit inspections. They want to look across their portfolio. And they want to say, what is the average length of our of the age of the of the appliances in our units, and you know what do we need to plan for in terms of capital planning. How many carpets should we expect to turn because of the state of the carpets as as measured during our unit inspections? So, so that's pro, that's another driver. Incident reports all on their own are a big driver. Like being able to, you know, generally right now without Leo, the the status quo is. You have an incident report, you have somebody who's injured on site, you have an assault, you have a, a, a car that's damaged. Um, somebody writes up that report on a piece of paper and then about 50% of the time forgets about it, <laughs> shoves it into a drawer, about uh, 30% of the time faxes it immediately like they should to somebody and 20% of the time sits in the drawer for inappropriate amount of time and then faxes it. And none of those salute, none of those scenarios are really satisfactory when you're trying to manage claims and, and you're trying to get ahead of potential lawsuits and that sort of thing. You need to act quickly with incidents like that if you want to, to want to, want to mitigate risk. So incident reports on their, on the loan by themselves have driven adoption with, with a number of clients. Is there anybody else that has, um, I mean, I would imagine there is, but I'll just ask it blank and you can 
you could uh, respond. Does anybody else have, um, you know, automation software to address property management? I think um, there are plenty of companies that have inspection tools, which, you know, is 25% of the solution. There are a number of companies who have semi-automated ways of generating preventive maintenance. I say semi-automated because that generally looks like for every property, you have to go and you have to set up a maintenance schedule. Leo doesn't work like that. With Leo, you, you decide how a boiler should be maintained and you set up the best practices for that. And then it instantly populates across your entire portfolio, all of those maintenance activities based on the, the, comp- the property's profile. Do they have a boiler, right, basically? But I think that's a big piece of it. Um, I would argue that we, we, we have probably the most thorough and uh, easy way to set that up. The thing is, you look at components of Leo, there's, there's competitors for almost every component. So document management, there's great document management systems. There's, there's standalone instant reporting applications. There are, there are tasks and workflow. Like we've had people trying to use Asana and Trello to manage all of their tasks or even trying to put everything into, into a Google calendar. Like there's a way to kind of get at these things, but when you have it all bundled together in one app that's purpose-built for multifamily, all of it just happens better. All of it is easier and all of it is presented in a way that clients derive more value. So the short answer is, I don't believe there is any company that competes with Leo uh, at the scale we are able to accomplish so much in one app. Simple idea. I'm sure it hasn't been easy to execute, but brilliant in its simplicity. And and I can see that the value of it is not hard to grasp. What a great idea. There's another question. Again, feel free to answer or not. How many clients do you have, like different corporations, not not necessarily properties, but clients? Yeah, uh, we have uh, 120 clients across the country at the moment. Got it. Representing about about seven thousand buildings. About seven thousand buildings. Good for you. Fantastic. And and how do they find out about you? Generally, we're out. We're most of our leads, most of our business is all generated through outbound because you still don't have people search. You don't have people googling for like, tell me how to automate on-site operations. Right? You generally don't have that. Um, so almost everything is outbound. Trade shows. Thankfully, we're at the scale now where people, a lot of people are hearing about us. You know, we have you know, some large guys, like Graystar is a client of ours. And we're the first software I think Graystar has ever deployed across their entire portfolio. And there's so much turner you know, at, at, at an organization at that scale. You know, just natural attrition is spreading the word of, of Leo to other companies where people move to afterwards. They're like, hey, we had this thing at... Graystar, we was using here. So that's now happening, but it's it's taken a long time to get to this point. Do, do you ever have organizations, like you were saying, you have to have buy-in from the top, right, to make sure that it gets implemented and utilized. Do you ever have some uh, a client that just doesn't do that, so therefore they don't see the value and they just see it as an expense because they never actually utilized it and then they, they don't continue with it? Yeah, some that's usually on us. I mean, that's it's really incumbent. The change management piece of this is something I didn't understand the importance of in the early days, and we made a lot of mistakes. You know, you're so excited in the early days of a startup company with your software, you're just so delighted when anybody wants to pay for it, right? And we were like, "Hey, here it is! Congratulations, you're a Leo user now." With without any real appreciation 
of what I was saying earlier about this, the change management that needs to happen in these organizations because it's a different way of doing your business. And, and so over time, we've gotten very involved at the front end with most of our clients in the change management piece, developing the why. Like, what is your why? Like, why are you adopting Leo? And then let's communicate that to the, the folks in the field so they understand. They just don't wake up one day and this app is on their phone. So there's a lot of energy we put into that. We do not always get the same level of energy from the other side. And our account management team exists to kind of de- try to detect that early and and bring people back on board. Or, or you have a real champion. This happens sometimes. You have a real champion of the software who's at a senior level in the organization who doesn't sell it internally, really, buys the app, you know, gets ready to play, and then they change. They go someplace else. And then you're reselling and somebody else is like, ah, I was fine with the Excel spreadsheet. So yeah, that happens from time to time. Although our our, our re- retention was last year was 96%. Fantastic. Uh, so it doesn't happen with great regularity, but it, but, it ha- but it happens. And usually it happens with, again, smaller organizations where there's maybe one person who's driving the whole thing and they don't, they don't take the time to sell it internally. And and then it, it, it doesn't, despite our best efforts to get people engaged, like, Hey, you've got this tool. Like I see, we see you're not doing your inspections, despite our best efforts to, to, to get people into action. If there's not buy-in senior levels that's communicated down, it's, it's hard for the uptake. It's only so much you can control. Um, how do you price it? Do you price it, you know, based on revenue or based on per unit or how do you break that down? Yeah. Um, we sort of bucked the trend a little bit in the per unit pricing, like a lot of a lot of similar software sold per unit. So we generally have fixed pricing. It's about uh, $300 a property uh, a month. But if you break it down, it oftentimes, because we give some discounts for, you know, different portfolio sizes and configurations, but it kind of works out to about a dollar a unit a month. So you said 300 per unit per month. Three per three. Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Per property per month. That strikes me as so maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid and you know, you're a guy that you, we look, Preach. We, we look alike, Affordable. we look alike, yeah, we look alike. And so therefore I'm a little attracted to you. Maybe, maybe that's what it is, but that sounds super cheap. And don't worry. I'm really, I'm not really attracted to you in case you're take that the wrong way. I'm comfortable <laughs> in, in any case. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, no, but it really sounds like secure. great. Yeah, it's really secure. No, I mean, it sounds like really a 300 bucks. Uh, it's like, what the hell, man? I, who, who, who would not implement this? You know, what, what, what am I not, what am I missing? Slam dunk. Well, I appreciate you saying that. It, and, and we rarely get into, I mean, you think about it individually, it's not a very expensive piece of software. It's below the threshold of what most properties probably need to get approval for if they're third-party managed. Like we're going to spend 300 bucks a month on the software. You're like, yeah, that's fine. Why, why, why are you bothering me? Don't wake me up. Um, uh, in the aggregate, you know, when it gets to be, you know, some, you know, some of our clients, it's, it's a $20,000, $30,000 a month uh, invoice. You know, that makes people pause and, and try to take stock of the value proposition. But at a property, it really is a no-brainer. Uh, we're actually uh, releasing, uh, I don't know it's releasing. We are, we are um, going to be spinning out an insurance product that is backed by some of the largest carriers in the country for property and casualty insurance that they will offer discounts to clients of Leo that are following some of the key risk 
right? And we'll put them in a lower price program that will return somewhere around a four to 600% ROI on Leo. So just that piece will be enough to pay for Leo for those that are are admitted into the program. The the rest of it though, I got to, it's sort of like, what's the ROI of, of, of our, of car insurance, right? What is the ROI of you carrying car insurance? Well, if you never have an accident, it's kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what that ROI is, but the, the second you have a problem, having Leo in place, I mean, first of all, Leo's in place to prevent problems. Secondly, you know, when you have an issue and you've got Leo in place, it helps you defend yourself against claims of negligence and that sort of thing. Um, so it's the ROI has always been somewhat difficult. Although we've looked at a lot of studies that talk about, we're looking at the efficiency of our, you know, the clients that use Leo and the, what people spend communicating back and forth about minutia before and after. And, you know, that alone also pays for Leo, just the gain in efficiencies in time. This is, I guess, hard to quantify, but if like you were saying when we first started talking, so these apartments typically have 50% annual turnover if you can, by integrating uh, Leo, if you could even get that to 51%, I'm just making the number up, 1%, it'd pay for this thing probably 10 times over, you know, in a, you know, in a 300 unit building. Yeah, there's a related metric there too, which is that typically it takes six months for a new employee to become quote unquote productive, to learn the system, to understand their job, to know where their resources are. Leo compresses that down almost immediately. Like they just pick up the baton because Leo knows what was done. Leo knows what needs to be done next. So there's huge efficiencies there as well. I don't know if we'll ever be able to solve the turnover rate. Although, although one of the most highly cited reasons when there is turnover is that people are not given the tools to do their job successfully. They don't feel successful in their jobs. Leo solves that as well. Everything they need with Leo at, the, at their fingertips. So we, I don't have the data to support it yet. But I, 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 I do believe that Leo reduces uh, turnover as well because we, we make those jobs easier. Yeah, you got it. How did you come up with the name? Well, uh, the, the idea was that uh, we expect the industry, the royal we, expects folks on site to, as we were saying, to be these experts and everything. They need, and they need to be, to truly be a great property manager, if, you, if you'll forgive the gender-specific um, term, you need to be a renaissance man of property management. You need to understand all of these things. You, you have to be good at everything. And that's not realistic, really. That's what we were saying. So you think about Leonardo da Vinci, we, through, through the software, we could help make you a renaissance person of property management. You don't, you don't have to know it all. We can help you. We can give you the guidance you need when you need it with the right process and form or inspection, whatever it is you have to do. Video to watch if you need training in that, in that moment. And then you can be, you can become instantly a renaissance man of, of, of property management. And so that was the Leonardo da Vinci uh, tie-in. Turns out there are a lot of Da Vinci's out there. There's Da Vinci, there's a couple of Da Vinci, more than one Da Vinci software. There's that famous surgical tool that's the Da Vinci remote surgical device. Um, but there wasn't a lot of Leonardo's. And we like the idea, and we say we, I mean me, because it was <laughs> just me at the time, uh, like the idea that people would sort of anthropomorphize Leo. They would think about Leo as their buddy, like their, their sidekick. Like, what does Leo have to say? Well, what, 
you know, well, let's look, let's check with Leo, see what Leo's got on the schedule for today. And then let's decide what we want to do that we would, people would think of it as a, as another member of their team and talk about it as such. So where does the 247 come in? 24, seven, 24 uh, hours a day, seven uh, okay. days a week. We're there okay. to help. Okay. Never sleep. We never take PTO. See, I'm in the slow class, man. I was reading it as 247. So that I know I'm, I'm not. No, the best I'm, I'm taking responsibility. <laughs> there might be some flaw in my logic. But uh, you know, Leonardo, and, and this is just me being inappropriate. He he wouldn't have had an issue with any of the, the the gender issues that you know that we're discussing. But you know, that's another podcast. So if somebody were to be so inclined, and in a in a huge uh, owner of multifamily with ten thousand units says, "I want to get a hold of this guy, Daniel Cunningham," how would how would they do that? Well, the, the website is Leonardo247 or Leonardo247.com. Um, and uh, you can, uh, I don't think my email is on there. I, I'm, actually, I'm quite sure it is. I don't think anybody's email is on there to, to, to combat the spam bops. But, um, but we have a contact us form. And um, I, you know, as I think you know, we have the, uh, the Apartment Academy uh, that we do where we talk about operations. We're very focused on, that's a podcast we do for very focused on operations. Apartmentacademy.com. If you're, if you're interested, uh, you can all, you can reach me more directly through there because if you want to try to reach me personally, uh, the apartment Academy is the better way to go. But, uh, yeah, if, if you are interested in, you know, some of the things we're talking about, if you think about efficiencies and, and lowering risk and wanting to move in away from clipboards and papers environment, We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, this concludes our uh, discussion for today. I, I hope I lived up to my promise saying this would be the easiest thing you you do today. Talking about ourselves <laughs> is the easiest thing for sure. I have nothing I like more. All right, Daniel. Talk to you soon. Thanks for the opportunity to come on. I you appreciate it. it.